0: Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. Most of these programs tell the stories of our church as we feature interviews with our members, but we're in the midst of a series at this time, following up with our pastors who've been teaching through the topic, Speaking Truth in a Season of Uncertainty, each Wednesday evening via our live stream. We'd invite you to join us for our live stream service this weekend at Harvest Baptist Church. We begin Sunday morning, 1030 a.m. You can visit our website, hbcguam.org. For more, that's hbcguam.org this week, captured by Christ, part two from Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 31. Today on Harvest Time, let's begin by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor.
1: Hop a day, Chris. Yeah, these are interesting days, interesting season of life. We've been talking on, in our live stream service on Sunday mornings, uh, continuing our series in the book of Acts, and we are on a story, a really neat, exciting story, about Paul's conversion that we're introduced to in Acts chapter 9. The title, as you mentioned, is Captured by Christ. And this is the second part of a two-week series on uh, this text itself. It's an interesting couple of verses in here. In fact, last week I introduced it by asking people where they fit in one of two categories. Either in this season of their life, they would really see themselves as content or not content. And then said, you know, for those that are in this not content area, it could be any number of reasons why, you know, they're just feeling this discontent in their life. Something has to change, or else we're just going to continue on in that area. And I suggested that maybe one of the things they could think about were some of the things that happened for for Saul that dramatically transformed his life. In fact, we began talking about four specific meetings that Saul had on the road to Damascus, and then a little while after that, he, he met Christ. That was our whole conversation last week. And we're going to continue this week by talking about him meeting a mentor, and meeting opposition, and then finally he met a family. And uh, so those four things, I I think if somebody's listening and said, well, you know, I'm just not content in my life right now for any number of reasons, I think there might be some help in these areas that we're talking about of Acts chapter 9. So we'd invite you to come and be part live stream, of course, of the service here on Sunday morning. I'm really pleased to have Aaron Englehart with us today and continuing this conversation that Chris mentioned about speaking truth in a season of uncertainty. Welcome, Aaron, back to Harvest Time.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Aaron has responsibilities at Harvest in uh, pastoral oversight in areas of children's ministry, and uh, then he's also has a really big part in in our college, in the Bible College, uh, responsible as a director of student life, teaches a bunch of classes. And so we're really thankful for the investment that he and Nina have made. Aaron, how long have you guys been here at We've Harvest? Been here for
2: five years now.
1: Okay. Yeah. And then you served in this part of the world before, I think, right in the Philippines and Saipan. I don't remember what the order was, but. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We started out in China and then Saipan and then Philippines and then came to Guam after that.
1: So. Okay. Great. Aaron and Nina have. Three great kids, and we're just thankful for their ministry here at Harvest. So, Aaron, you had the topic of, of family care, or you know, how could we practically help families? You know, during this time, it really is such an unusual time. Maybe I'll just start by asking you: In what ways are you seeing maybe some extra pressures on the family? Well, I think uh, anytime
2: you're out of a routine that you're used to being in, you know parents are used to going to work every day and they've got their checklist of things to do. And at the end of the day, they feel that sense of, you know, satisfaction. I've checked my things off the list and, and I've accomplished what I was supposed to. And then, you know, looking forward to going home and being with family and, and it's kind of a a treat at the end of the day. Right. But if you're stuck at home and it's pretty hard sometimes to check off the things on the list and to feel like you've accomplished something. And after a while, I think days tend to run together, and yeah. if you're not feeling that sense of accomplishment, it, you know, it can it can lead to a little bit of uh, irritability and maybe frustration. And you know, I know families love to be together, but right. when you're stuck in small confines for a long time, sometimes the patience can wear thin. So I, I think that can just add to a little bit of pressure and uh, strain on, on families.
1: I don't remember if it was your sister or sister-in-law or I'm not sure, but somebody called it house arrest.
2: Yeah, that's what they're starting to call it uh, because it does sometimes feel like you're imprisoned in your own home.
1: Yeah, and and of course, I mean, these are with people that we love, but there is something that is different when there's really very little opportunity to get outside. I mean, we're just not wired to be kind of cooped up in, in one spot, and so... You also said, and this is what we'll talk about mostly, I mean, we want to talk about how, how do we address some of the challenges that are part of this, but you also talked about some opportunities that it created.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of times we think of ministry as being, when we're reaching out to people outside of our, our home, or we're going to to either meet with people, or we're praying for somebody who, who doesn't know the Lord. and We're trying to reach out in certain ways, but sometimes we don't think about our our main ministry is our family, and just to how day-to-day we have so many opportunities of speaking truth into our children's lives or living out the gospel and our you know, marriage relationship. So I, I think there are opportunities every day. And again, we may not see the immediate results, but the impact can be made that, that lasts a long time and, and really makes a difference in these children's lives.
1: I've said this a couple times recently. It's something I've said for a long time, but it seems to come up a lot in the last couple of weeks. But just this idea that every struggle has a gift wrapped up inside of it, and I think for for most, of, well, for some people, they're never able to see the gift. They just see the struggle, and it leads to bitterness. Um, so it's important for us in any season of hardship uh, to to look for specifically and purposefully look for the gift that God is giving us, either trying to teach us something. And so there's probably a lot of different things in a a time like this for different people. But this might be one of them, right? I think so.
2: Yeah. In fact, I was just reminded of, uh, I remember reading one uh, marriage book where the author suggested perhaps God meant marriage to make you holy, Mm. not just happy. Mm. Um, And I think the same applies to our, our children. You know, God... God designed each one of our children, and he could have placed them on in any family in the world, but he uniquely and purposefully puts the right people in our lives that we need in order for him to shape our, our character and to make us more like Christ. So God's using us in our, our children's lives and our, our spouses' lives, and he's also using them in our lives. So we, we really need each other during this time, and God, God uses us as, as his instruments.
1: Yeah, that's really good. And the reality is, a lot of times, that shaping that happens with our families, our wives and our children, that is helping us to become more like Jesus, doesn't come in the things that are easy. <laughs> right. right. A, lot of, a lot of times it comes in, in the conflict or the ways that we kind of rub each other wrong, and I guess that maybe fits in with exactly, you know, this time kind of scooped together.
2: Yeah, it's just like the, the old illustration of a, an artist who's working with, you know, sculpting, and, uh, you know, sometimes they you know, in order to get things right, it's got to require a little bit chipping away and, and chiseling, and it doesn't always come easy. And so... Sometimes it, it tends to rub us the wrong way when right. when uh we, you know, we've got a house full of sinners. Mm-hmm. We're all selfish by nature, and so God will use use that uh, conflict to sometimes help us to grow in
1: ways that that we need to grow in. Well, I know you're not talking about your family, Aaron, oh, of course. So not. you might be talking <laughs> about my family, Chris's family. <laughs> I, I know that, but uh, yeah, and and to think through and maybe just. It, this is good for us to have this perspective because it we naturally tend to think of these conflicts in negative ways. And and when they intensify like they can in situations, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there's some families that we're talking to that they've had some pretty major issues that have come up as a result of this. And, and you're just trying to get out and get away and there's no place to go. If we can view this in in a sense that God is going to use this conflict, even this thing that seems so hard and and hurt, if we'll allow him to, He, w- he wants to use it to shape us and yeah, it's part yeah. of his work.
2: It is It's part of his plan. Uh, like I said the other day, sometimes we view this as a, a detour. This is our our time while we're waiting for things to get back to normal so we can keep right. doing what we're supposed to be doing. but actually this this is part of his plan. This time is intentional and God wants to use it in our lives. So it's not time to kill. It's, it's time to see the opportunities and, and grab onto them.
1: Yeah, that's really good. You brought us, or God led us, to Ephesians chapter 5, which I it feels like it it's familiar to us, but it sure feels like it fits so well uh, with this topic for sure, but the whole season that we're going through. Maybe you could help us a little bit back up and tell us how this text is relatable to our present situation.
2: Well, Paul, uh, like we said, was in house arrest. So he was trying to use the time that he had, even though he wasn't able to do things like he normally would. Uh, he encouraged his readers to redeem the time. And and the idea there is that there is a limited time. Uh, none of us knows how much sa- sand is left in in the hourglass mm-hmm. for us. So we we really need to be aware of that and uh, be alert for not only the opportunities, but also the dangers that that come along uh, with with being in a sin-cursed world. So we've we've got these opportunities, and and he says to be wise with with our time. Don't be foolish. Don't you know? Don't just get through, but be wise and be filled with the Spirit, uh, so that we're able to accomplish what God wants in our you know through us and in us. Um, and and a lot of that has to do with relationships and and. Uh, uh, being sub- submissive to one another, uh, looking to to meet the needs of others, and all this is done with the perspective that we're we're doing this to honor God. Husbands, we love our wives as Christ loved the church. We we want to honor God in this way. Wives, submit to your husbands. This is how we honor God. Children, obey your parents. So uh, you know this is how we show our love for God. Show that the Spirit is filling us and changing us. It's really by um, submitting. And so Ephesians 5 is is an excellent passage for helping us in our understanding of our role and our, our relationships uh, with one another.
1: Yeah, I think you mentioned during the teaching session about this idea of submitting ourselves really is the key to how we respond to all of these things. And if I remember right, talked about through the power of the Spirit. I mean, not this is not just... Kind of pull up your trousers and you know be tough. I mean, we need the Holy Spirit to help us, but the response is, you know, submitting to each other, this mutual submission.
2: Yeah, and it's I mean, it's not just a even a daily basis. This is like an hour by hour. I I know in my own life. My natural tendency is to look out for number one. That's me, and so my wife and I don't always see things the same way. And right. so this has to come into play here. All right. How are we going to submit to one another? My children, it's the same way we're trying to teach them. They, they have times when they want different things. How are they going to work it out? And, and really, we've we got to keep going back to this idea that love requires us to submit our own will, our own selfish desires for the sake of another and, and really trying to think about them first.
1: Well, it really is such a unique opportunity that we have. I'm just going back to what you said originally. But, you know, we do kind of get settled into our routines. They provide some separation. Honestly, we, we uh, get used to sort of the flow, the sequence of life. And when this whole thing is disrupted, you know, a lot of other things come into it and we're spending a lot more time time with each other, and, and maybe some of those struggles are revealed in, in a greater way, and so the challenge to just submit to each other by the power of the Holy Spirit is so important and so critical for us. I was just thinking, as you were talking about this, I don't know if you did any study on this, I can't remember back, but redeeming the time because the days are evil. So I don't I don't know if you did any thinking about what that, that phrase means, but I, I mean, we're, is it we're in these, everybody kind of sees these as evil days. I mean, what's the definition of that phrase? Or?
2: I think the idea is that it's just the this world is not in favor of uh, what yeah. God wants to do in our lives and through us. And so we need to be conscious of the evil days. I mean, this was Paul writing a couple thousand years ago, right. but I don't think we, we could, we could uh, say that things have changed all that much as far as, the uh, influence and the drive of this world so we're living in evil days as well we're living in a time when the world is going against what God wants to accomplish and honestly our own natural tendencies would be to go against what God says as well so just being wise is, is being aware and trying to see things from what God God's perspective and what he wants to accomplish
1: yeah, well, I was just thinking about the idea that I think most people would see this season of time as bad in in some way and I mean it's pretty obvious in a lot of things, but the challenge to not just survive this but to redeem the time. I mean, this this is what you said at the beginning kind of that foundational theology of life that says God is still in control and and he, this has been planned, and he wants it for our good. That's it's really a good thought to bring us back to that. Aaron, you said in either the blog or in the teaching time to use these restrictions, I really like this, as something like a reset button for your family schedule.
2: Yeah, I mean, just like most other families, our family has a routine, and we get caught up in all the busy things with, not only school but sports and music and uh, other meetings and and gatherings so having this time where all of a sudden we're finding more free time than we ever had before and we're able to pick and choose what we fill that time with and i, I think you know the just like the they say about vacuums and space you know mm-hmm. it, uh, it's going to get that space is going to get filled the same thing goes with our cabinets and uh, shelves at home. If there's an empty space, right. it's not going to stay empty for long. So we have an opportunity to choose what we put in that space now and to really reprioritize. All right, what is important to our family, and and that's why I encourage if a Bible time with you know with the family is not something that's already in place, making that a priority. And so eventually, when the routine does come back, this is something that we've already prioritized and we're going to work. The other things around that, and so I, I think it's it's a great opportunity to just step back and reevaluate uh, what is important.
1: I thought that one of the most impactful things for me as I was listening to you was the idea or statement I think you made in some way about we don't always know what's going to leave a lasting impression. I, I've thought of that before it's a continual challenge in to me about I you know. Every single day in the small things of life, I, I don't know what things are going to be most impactful, both positively or negatively. It's
2: the, yeah. And a lot of times what we think is going to really uh, get through is what we teach. Right. But most of the time it's, it's what we do that makes the impression. And uh, it's just the, the way we live. I can remember so many times as a child just observing people and their responses or their reactions to things. And that really is is what made an impression in my life uh more so than than any of the teaching I remember hearing so really it's a big deal what what we what we do with mm. our response if if we are filled with the spirit and those are the things that we don't really prepare for right we're not planning for um and you can't fake it mm-hmm. uh, so uh that's why the the idea of being filled with the spirit is so important because The Spirit is what's controlling our our reactions and uh, the times when we're not really planning on what we're going to do or say.
1: Yeah, just to be constantly abiding in Christ and have him directing our our thoughts and our reactions. The reality is that we won't always get it right, too. In fact, maybe sometimes that might be some of the most impactful things too, when we don't get it right and be able to have the transparent conversations with our kids. We'll have some times, people listening here, you know, there's going to be a lot of time together, and you might not say the right thing, you might not respond the right way, but the impact of coming back and the humility of Christ and speaking about that back into our kids' lives can can really be significant, too. Let me ask you just a couple things. We're almost done out of time. It's gone fast, but I know that one of the things a lot of families are struggling with right now is that, and I think you mentioned this too, there's so much screen time happening. In fact, we're almost required to. A lot of our children are are taking online classes, and so we're kind of separated out to different parts of the house, you know, in our own little world with the screen. Any advice for for parents or families as they think about that?
2: I think it's still important to be aware of what you know as much as possible. Trying to be aware of what what's on the screen and maybe having some check-in times. We had talked about how anything on the screen is is public. Mm-hmm. So at any time somebody could come into the room and should be able to see what's on the screen. And so not tucking away in a private corner and watching and then you know just being wise and, and maybe having some filters. Right. On devices, uh, even if kids aren't intentionally going to places, so sometimes uh, there are things that that pop up and, and just need to, you know, take that extra measure and. and uh, yeah, I don't know it.
1: that we've uh, talked about that b- before, and that's maybe a whole other discussion. But I'm I'm a big fan of filters. I think parents got to be. Very cautious if you have just open devices for anybody, and it's not because you don't trust your kids. It really is trying to protect them, and so I encourage families to be, to think seriously about about filter. But and but it's not just what they may you know come across. It really is just how isolating it can become, right? Because we just live in our own little world in front of a screen.
2: Yeah, it's so easy to do, um, and and so I I think it is good to have some scheduled time where you're getting off the device and taking a break and maybe walking around, conversing with one another, getting together as a family, playing games. You don't want the device to become the addiction, and you don't want it to right. take over. And and that's that can easily be done uh, if, if we're not careful.
1: So it seems like as we go through this season, as we think about our families, we can approach it in one of two ways. We can approach it as... Survival, right? (laughs) If I can, I just got to get through this next day or if I can, you know, make it through this next week. Or I think what you're suggesting, Aaron, is that God could allow us to really thrive in this time, redeem the time, help it to be something, be, uh, you know, just a benefit for our family. Any last things that you give us sort of like some advice on, on ways to help us to thrive in this season? I think just my main piece
2: of advice would just be, staying in the Word, and I think starting the day with the right focus, starting the day and ending the day. My wife and I have since really early on in our marriage tried to finish the day, whether it was a hard day or an easy day, whether we're exhausted or not, just trying to finish the day, reflecting on what God has done, what we have to be thankful for. Even if it was tough, just spending that time thanking the Lord for what he's done, what he's blessed us with. And then, yeah, starting the next day, asking for God's wisdom and strength and power and really looking into his word.
1: I think there's some benefit, too. I don't know what you guys are sensing on this, I'm, and I'm not saying our family's done this great, but in keeping some schedule and routine into our family structure. I, mean, I, I think you started off saying this. One of the problems is that, You know, our routines are gone and that anytime routine brings some security to us. Any, anytime we're in just sort of this, everything's the same. The next day runs into the next, there's a debilitating component of that. So anything that I think that families can do to bring routine, getting up at maybe the same times, keeping some family meals together Starting our days, I, th- I think anytime we do that, it's helpful for us.
2: Yeah, and in fact, Chris was saying how
1: they've been doing their laps around the
2: parking lot, and you know, anything to get you know physically right. active together. I think having a special something for each day, something you look forward to, or something that characterizes, you know, something on Tuesdays. This is what we look forward to on Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday. It's just to distinguish day, you know, day uh, to day, and to have something to look forward to uh, with each day, uh, something that makes it different and exciting.
1: Yeah. This has been awesome, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you for thinking, praying, preparing for this. I know it's going to be helpful for our families. I hope for many families. And uh, we'll ask that God to continue to strengthen us together as families. And then the family is the foundation you know, of a
0: church. And so we're
1: thankful for that. Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Of course, we'd like to invite you to join us for our live stream this weekend Uh, We begin Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. You can go to our website for more, hbcguam.org. That's hbcguam.org. This week, Captured by Christ, Part 2 from Acts 9, verses 1 through 31. Of course, we'll also be carrying the Sunday morning live stream here on 88.1 FM or at khmg.org. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.